back, warriors. Tanse Sego Ani Buju, Kwe Nindalwizi Pampometer, and I'm the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions, and practices. And it's also about asserting, living, and defending our sovereignty all over Turtle Island. Today's show continues our discussion about genocide in relation to the crisis of murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls in Canada. And we are so fortunate to have with us warrior woman Michelle Odette, Commissioner for the National Inquiry into Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls. Michelle is Innu on her mom's side and Quebecois on her father's side. She lives in Wendaki, Quebec and is the mother of five children. She spent much of her life advocating for Indigenous women and girls, especially in the area of sex discrimination in the Indian Act and murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. She started out volunteering at the Native Friendship Center and went on to become elected uh, in the Quebec Native Women Organization and the Native Women's Association of Canada. She's also won the YWCA Woman of Distinction Award for all of her advocacy over the years. Today, we will be talking to her in her capacity as one of the four commissioners for the National Inquiry into Murdered and Missing Indigenous Women and Girls. Bonjour, salut Michelle, comment ça va? Ça va bien vous? Très bien. Thank you so much for being on my show. Um, I've always been a big fan and you've done so much work for Native women um, in so many formats at the AFN, Quebec Native Women, Native Women's Association, and now with this National Inquiry. So uh, I, I'm really honored that you were uh, had some time to come on my podcast. So thank you so much. Mm, the same for me, uh, Pamela. Merci, merci. Awesome. Okay, so my questions are going to all relate to the inquiry. Um, it was it was a huge, huge undertaking. Um, there was lots of difficulties with the government in terms of timing and funding and all of that. But it seems like somehow you were all able to push through that and come <laughs> up with a report that has some very significant findings. And I'm just wondering, like, before we get into the specifics of the report, if you can talk a little bit about the overall experience of being a part of this inquiry, it must have been difficult. Oh, I'll I'll start with the last word that you mentioned, <laughs> difficult. It was difficult. It was at all level, uh, personal or, you know, being for the first time in my life in those pair of moccasin, you know, uh, mm -hmm. a, a commissioner with all that responsibility and also touching, receiving or what's the proper word, dealing or connecting mm -hmm. with this... Uh, injustice that still the taste is so bitter uh, over decades or a century I would say and now that that it was official that I remember the first day I was crying of oh my god me what uh, okay and my kids were with me and say mom are you crying are you okay please make a circle on the napkin if you're okay and I said yes I'm crying because it's huge this call is huge and from that to have on my shoulder and my heart uh, to make sure we do not fail, uh, we do not uh, 
uh, do something that is just to pretend that we will do something mm -hmm. or to quiet down a strong movement during the first mandate of this government or to let us do what we're supposed to do, an investigation, an examination or a study or uh, to look and look and look and making sure that when we finish this uh, work, we come with something very powerful. So it was very stressful and uh, very difficult, but always reminding myself, um, the movement created this inquiry. They push a country. It, mm -hmm. it became very political. It be became promises for any party that would become the next government in those days. And now that uh, we finished this work, Mm -hmm. I see that the movement now have more tools. They were very well equipped, some of them, and some not enough. And with their truth, we were able to say to Canada, hey, don't pretend it doesn't exist here in this country. It does. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. And, I, you know, I, I know people are of all different minds on the utility of things like going to the United Nations or going to court or having commissions or inquiries. But ultimately, it helps the advocates on the ground have some ammunition, you know, some kind of lever, some kind of, you know, documented evidence to actually push the government. Because look at how long it actually took us to get this inquiry. It was like no one believed the voices of all of these Native women. No one wanted to listen. But now it's it's in a report. It's documented. It's not just hearsay. You've got testimony. You've got law. It's all there together. And I think that, that this report is going to be very useful going forward. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's already used uh, in several court as we speak right now. Uh, some lawyers will uh, present this uh, to reinforce their... Uh, statement i guess uh, to defend a, a person or uh, a situation so we've heard uh, from friends that are friends to that person that it's already used and to i guess make uh, the case stronger and that for me it says a lot that it's a beginning it's a huge beginning i can see now uh, people that will go to the un or uh, in washington with the uh, oas to bring this uh, powerful, uh, I, I, I think report, it's not strong enough, but this mm -hmm. uh, tool, this document, where thousands of voices, thousands of tears, frustration, anger, but also hope and expertise and knowledge and wisdom and resilience to say, here are the reality and here are the solution that we gave to those uh, for commissioner, I always say I was a tool, I'm, and mm -hmm. I still believe I, 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 I'm still a tool for them to raise their voice to those uh, uh, international community or across mm -hmm. Canada. It resonates. It's huge. It, well, well, it is huge because there's been different, you know, commissions and inquiries over time. Some get more attention than others. Um, but I'm like, I, I'm really hopeful to hear that people are already using it in court cases and other processes. And, uh, and I can tell you from my own experience, uh, just the other day, uh, I was part of a meeting with the UN High Commissioner. And the first thing I hauled out was this report of the National Inquiry and said, here are the findings. And, 
you know, Canada can no longer deny it. And it, it, it really resonated with her. And, and you can see how her comments are about forcing Canada to change. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the report itself, because as you probably saw in the media, the Organization of American States and the United Nations High Commissioner both were alarmed to hear the conclusions of this report and both contacted Canada to offer assistance in helping them implement a plan. Now, at first, uh, they were they seemed to be talking a little bit about a reinvestigation, but now um, they seem to be leaning more towards oversight to make sure that Canada actually does a national action plan and implements it. So I think that that in and of itself, within just a few weeks of its release, I don't think I think that's unprecedented in Canada. I don't think another inquiry's ever had that kind of international impact. Uh, I think you you I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Exactly because when we saw that uh, before we we launch and you know make it public, we we worked very hard among you know the expertise, the people, the advocate, and of course with the commissioners and say. It's more than just cultural genocide. It's more than just, you know, we added sexual, we added gender, we added a few other uh, words beside the um, genocide, colonial genocide, name it. It was all there months over months and over months and say that, that let's go see uh, a Canadian person and an Indigenous expertise to make sure that our conclusion will be taken seriously around the world. Because it's easy huh, to undermine or discredit uh, some mm -hmm. government or some group will send their trolls, trolls, whatever yeah. to discredit. But this time we were like, uh, try, try. No, it's all there. And it's so powerful. And we use some of your work, of course, and other work of uh, experts uh, across mm -hmm. Canada. And a couple of days later, we hear from the uh, OAS. The mm -hmm. uh, inter-American uh, organization say, uh, I think uh, you need to reinvestigate. Many of us were excited, honestly, yeah. because we were not used to that. Oh, my God, we have Washington uh, looking at us and they want to support. And thank God that movement that already is so solid and exists across Canada uh, with Indigenous women and uh, Canadian women to say with the inquiry, mm, it's not what we want. The job is done. The investigation mm -hmm. is done. Report inquiries, including this one. Make sure the pressure is on the government to implement what was given to us in that uh, in those calls for justice. And well, that, I, I have to say thank you for many of us that uh, many of you who are listening right now. The mm -hmm. lobby and the pressure that was so huge. It, it It is huge. And I think that's like important. And I remember when we were going through the hearings and uh, one of the commissioners, I can't remember which one, had asked, you know, how important is it, Pam, that you want us to make a, a finding of genocide? And it was like at that moment, you know, there was like hope amongst everybody in the room that 
you know, something had caught the attention of the, the inquiry and, 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 you know, making all of these critical links that these aren't just individuals with individual things happening, that this is long term, it's coordinated. And so, you know, I think the most significant to me, there's like three really significant things from this report. I think the most one most significant is genocide. And it's really forcing people to look at how serious this is. This isn't just another commission where here's some nice, uh, good to do recommendations. Um, that this is really about what Canada's legal obligations are. There's not any real choice in this. That this is Ex about the law. Exactly. And I remember that day I was in Quebec City uh, participating to that hearing uh, when you were the witness. And uh, Commissioner Robinson and I were texting back and forth to make sure that the question are asked. And uh, I wanted to make sure and her too that from your expertise, your knowledge, and all the article that you wrote about this, and the interviews that you did about this, that it would it would become for us uh, as commission inquiry uh, official, you know, uh, proof or mm -hmm. um, that we receive. I know the word in en français, mm -hmm. and les preuves, and it was like, oh, I, I was missing uh, that, but able to follow from. Uh, Skype and all of that, I was like, mm. oh, merci, Commissioner Robinson, for asking this, because more we have people telling with the knowledge, expertise, and uh, the studies or the involvement in, in, let's say, in this, it was telling, uh, for me, though, for this report, and we're adding another strong evidence. We're not just popping this because we want to, some media would say, are you using this just to make a big yeah. wave? Uh, excuse me, thousands of people are dying today yeah. because lack of commitment or ignoring or denying. Come on. Huh? Yeah, what? yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> it's really as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And I always give the example when I go to places where, come on, Michelle, you were so kind to us before you were, you know, we feel like you're using that word just to punch. And I'm like, okay, 5,000 Inuit kids suddenly just, they don't have time to say goodbye to their family. They end up in the hospital and never come back. And mm -hmm. then 40 years later, uh, a, a, a government will apologize. It's what happened. They don't know where they're, uh, they're of what they die, mm -hmm. where they're buried, or what happened to them, or they still alive, and that's five thousand. Then you add it across Canada; it's everywhere that children were taken away and never came back after hospitalization. Would you accept that for one Canadian children? It would be a wave of uh, mobilization for that children and say, "We need an inquiry." We need oh. justice. We need to know what happens. But it uh, does to us. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and the other thing I really liked, I mean, so the first one is, you know, this finding of genocide because it really shows the gravity of it. And it shows that we have to have an equally serious response. But the other thing I really liked was your focus on the human rights framework. So the fact that these Indigenous women and girls have a whole bunch of Canadian legal human rights, they have Canadian native rights, but they also have international human rights that mm -hmm. Canada's bound by and that this whole 
this whole crisis is because of these rights not being protected for Indigenous women and girls and that it's about the law. It's not about whether or not Canada wants to act in good faith, that they, that they really don't have any choice. And I thought that was really, that takes it on another level. It's not just a recommendation. It's like, here's the law. Here's what you have to do. Exactly. And for people that some of them will say, well, you mentioned it in other reports, you mentioned it in not maybe not Nina or, mm -hmm. you know, in other studies or uh, PhD, uh, let's say a thesis, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It seemed like in Canada, all those rights exist in the South. But when you go in the North, where mm -hmm. 15 of us will live in a house where lots of uh, mold, you know, uh, infection mm -hmm. and uh, many problems will arise because we're 16 stuck in a small house. There's no running water or there's no electricity or there's no services to protect myself and my children in case of a family violence or a crisis. Why? Tell me, how do those rights apply to us in the North? Or let's say I'm in the South. But because I'm native, I'll be treated differently. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there is beautiful covenant, beautiful declaration, beautiful uh, international laws that Canada abide or sign. But why it doesn't apply on my daily uh, basis, you know, every day for me as an Indigenous woman? Why? Tell me why. So yeah. the report explains why. Yeah. Well, and I think it's great because that also ties us to all of these international forums and mechanisms that we've been exactly. using that, you know, and we've been getting reports from all of these United Nations yeah. treaty bodies telling Canada to smarten up. And there's been a real disconnect. Canada hasn't really taken it seriously, but you bring all of that front and center. You incorporate all those laws and all those reports and, and show the whole world how important yeah. this is. And what, what I would like to add on this, uh, Pam, it's also that it's a creation of this government. The inquiry, it's under the Inquiry Act. Huh? So it's a federal creation. It, so this body created by this government was able to study and examine. And now we're telling uh, the government, you know, some, I think you remember one of the former ministers said that we're, uh, I forgot the term, the name that he called us. And I'm like scratching my head. No, yeah, we were created by this government, and yep. we are telling the same government with facts and proof and documentation and evidence mm -hmm. there is something wrong. So no, we're not. Uh, I forgot what he said, but we're yeah. He he was saying that it was just propaganda. Oh, or... we said so. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But I mean. This is the same former minister who said lots of terrible things that First Nations were threats to national security. So he's yeah, like, remember he's way out there. Yeah, but it did hurt the, a woman during the uh, lunch when we presented the national report. She was so devastated at the, in the back room. So she said, I'm not a propagandist. I said, no, you're a strong woman and be yes. proud of that. Nobody will take this away from you. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And then, so like, you know, you take the genocide finding and then the, all of this analysis around the human rights framework, which says this is law, this isn't about, you know, policy or choice. And then the third thing, you know, that was really important to me, and it's, you know, it ties right into your 
past history of advocacy is, you know, your talk about how this sex discrimination in the Indian Act, which has been here for well over 140 years, is one of the root causes. And in fact, you call on Canada to get, finally get rid of sex discrimination in the Indian Act. Oh, see. And pretending that the, they will amend piece by piece or bit by mm -hmm. bit, I don't know the English expression, when they know and they have all the power to change that. They do. Yeah, they do. Meanwhile, uh, our community will also react. Uh, so we need to mm -hmm. think about the women that are afraid to speak up because they are called uh, six two or six nothing. Or yeah, there is also that lateral discrimination that exists, but it was imposed and created by this Indian Act. So there is a double for me as a, an advocate for this, making mm -hmm. sure that we protect the women of the community. Mm -hmm. But also, why Canada has to decide who am I? You know, we, we, we don't ask uh, the neighbor uh, president uh, to decide who's Canadian or not. You know, yeah. In the United States, it's, for me, it's unacceptable. I'm anxious that our nation will find ways to uh, make sure that we define ourselves as nation and as uh, the role and responsibility as citizen for that nation. And the rights, of course, attached to this. But Indian Act is the foundation, like you said, for many of us across Canada as a form of uh, making sure we do not exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. And by targeting women is somehow less worthy than, than everybody else. And we all know when you target Indigenous women, you're also targeting all of her kids and, and our future generations. So I really liked mm. how, you know, you talk about it as a root cause, but even before the report was issued, you know, the commissioners issued a press release after the United Nations Human Rights Committee heard Sharon McIver's case of discrimination and said, hey, even the UN is saying that this is discriminatory and it needs to stop. And you know, even before the report, you were saying, you know, end sex discrimination, then it's in the report. And so that's huge, huge pressure put on uh, Minister Bennett and the Prime Minister to, to once and for all just end it. It makes no sense to hang on to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still don't understand why they hang. They, they don't make those change. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're, we're hoping. I mean, just the other day, Minister Bennett made an announcement saying that before the election, they plan mm -hmm. on bringing the provisions of S3 into force. So we're we're waiting to see if that actually happens. But if it happens, we think it'll be due in large part because of, you know, Sharon's human rights case at the UN and also this National Inquiry report. So that would be, you know, that would be a significant piece of action because of this National Inquiry. Yeah, I saw the article and it's something I put a star to make sure I follow yeah. and I don't lose that article yeah. to see. Uh, so... This is where we need all citizens, all people that uh, follow you or listen to your podcast to, yep. to make sure that they make those calls to uh, their mm -hmm. member of parliament. Hey, where are you at with this? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, so all of that together, I mean, I know the report has so much more in it, but I think it's not just focus on what has happened and what is happening. You also put a plan going forward and it all kind of centers around this national action plan, which is all governments, federal, provincial, municipal, indigenous, um, with indigenous women kind of leading the way and having direct input um, you know, going forward and like that, that's significant because other reports just talk about individual recommendations and you're saying, no, this has got to be a national action plan. It has to. And, and, and making sure that, uh, as an example, we were, uh, on June 13 last week here at the, uh, Assemblée Nationale mm-hmm. du Québec, the, uh, the assembly, mm-hmm. and they were doing a motion for the families and survivors. And we were telling the government, uh, it, it is nice to say thank you. It is, it is very mm-hmm. awesome. But we're at this stage that that, that part is done. Okay? Mm-hmm. The courage, we have it. Now we want commitment. We want to see in your motion that you take seriously the order that you, you, you order us to do this exercise, this mm-hmm. inquiry with the ordering council. Now... We're, we're giving you the recipe. We're giving you what needs to happen. And we don't feel it. So they change. They worked. And they talk about the National Action Plan and making sure that families and survivors are part of this. And it's so crucial. Because I'm afraid that if they just do like they used to do, those mm-hmm. uh, federal, provincial, and territorial roundtable with Minister of Aboriginal Affairs, let's say, or Minister of Status of Women mm-hmm. from each government will sit down and say, well, what did we do this year? This mm-hmm. is my amazing program and project. Okay, stick, done, check. When it's more a, uh, uh, an approach where we need to fight all together about this uh, epidemic that uh, mm-hmm. women are facing. So, yeah, yeah. and I hope... I hope our Indigenous, uh, when I say leadership, everybody can be a leader. You know, you don't mm-hmm. need to be elected or a representative, but coming from a movement or coming from uh, your family uh, or mm. an organization, but it's very, it needs to be there. They need to be there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think if, if we all kind of collectively work together, like it looks like we've been trying to do, I mean, the people who have been involved or part of it and the families are all trying to keep this, this report uh, and the, you know, the pressure to actually take action, you know, the top of, of the media. Um, do you have any concerns at all that, you know, the trans mountain pipeline approval or, um, you know, the election politics are going to kind of supersede this this national inquiry on a government perspective. Like, are you worried at all that their focus is now going to shift and kind of forget about what they're supposed to be doing? It was uh, since day one, knowing that the report will be in the in in a time matter where it's the first mandate of this government. And we try mm-hmm. and try to have an extension, regardless the election. Mm-hmm. For us, uh, election was wasn't an issue. The issue was that we're able to uh, uh, do the work that we we were asked to do. And until the 
the last minute in January, February, and March, I was always telling my colleague, the commissioners, uh, we need to have an extension. We need to we need to have more time, not to do more hearings. I I, I get it. Mm -hmm. I can understand, but uh, the election, I'm so afraid, so afraid yeah. that it's going to be diluted. Uh, it's just going to disappear. So in mm -hmm. the eye of the Canadian, uh, you know, people, oh, that was one of their first promises and they did it. Check box. Mm -hmm. I, yep. I said it more than personally for me, I, I was, I was, and I'm still very dedicated or passionate or stubborn mm -hmm. and it came to to my colleagues that yeah we need to make sure that we we tell every people everywhere we go this election it give also times for groups for for all movement for families for people that wants to advocate or to be allies to read the report and mm -hmm. make the uh, mobilization or activism or you know advocacy stronger so during summer when your candidate or your future member of parliament who knows you challenge them you remind mm -hmm. them that this country asked for this now where is the answer mm -hmm. so i i slow down my frustration i said okay let's be positive what can yeah. we do because the election i was so afraid now i'm not afraid to say hmm i think it's time to say take this summer to uh, read it, absorb it, and use mm -hmm. it, and challenge, educate. And my concern, time to be honest, also, it, because we don't have more time, we're closing mm -hmm. offices next week. Many people want us to go and present the report. Oh. Yeah, so I'm asking my colleague, uh, Marianne, Brian, and Kayak, we should send a letter to uh, Madame Bennett and say, she needs to put a, uh, to put in place uh, for all summer a special unit that will go and educate mm -hmm. and yeah. inform and explain because it's an important uh, tool and an important document. Exactly. And the burden shouldn't rest on the inquiry. I mean, the inquiry did their job and the burden shouldn't rest on the advocates. Uh, but we know the government isn't great at public education. So we're, we're all trying to think of really creative ways. One of the things I've done is I set up a YouTube series uh, that kind of breaks down different parts of the report. Here's oh, what good. genocide is, you know, kind of address the debate. Here's what the court calls for justice are here, you know, just something so that we can we can get people excited to do exactly what you're saying, you know, to not just read it, educate, but, you know, advocate strongly and challenge and, MPs and, and make it the top issue in this election instead of a forgotten issue. Exactly. Now, we only have yeah, yeah, about yeah. one minute left, but because my show is called Warrior Life and we focus on warriors just like yourself who are yeah. doing everything they can to help the peoples of our indigenous nations in all different ways some are doctors some are lawyers some are mm. protesters some are mm. artists and and i i always ask everyone what do you do to help keep yourself grounded so that you can stay in this mission to to help our people because I mean, what you've just been through is is huge. It's a lot of trauma and pain. So, what do you, what do you do to help help stay grounded and balanced? Oh well, I'll try to uh, keep my <laughs> emotion inside. I, I, maybe I'll. To be honest, uh, uh, to to say 
thank you every morning to la vie life because mm -hmm. uh, not long ago i was i was ready to leave this uh, this earth mother earth but not anymore i i how to stay balanced it to mm -hmm. accept that uh, i cannot do everything or or change everything mm -hmm. and when I hear uh, horrible stories I, I cried either with them in my arm or in their arm or I went outside to cry and yell and let me fall uh, and yell and you know be very mad so I don't keep this madness or anger inside of me mm -hmm. and to let go to make sure that when all that is out, out left or it's not inside of me, I bring the laughing, the love, the forgiveness, and uh, the, the, the smile. So people, when they mm -hmm. made me smile, are laughing. Oh, best medicine. Yeah. And of course, to love and to make sure that uh, I, I continue. Slowly, yeah. maybe, but I continue. Yeah. Oh. That's how I survive, I would say. <laughs> what I mean, that's amazing. And it's so important because oftentimes we don't even talk about our feelings or how important it is to actually go through those feelings and emotions. I mean, this this is a lot of trauma from a lot of people over a lot of years and we're all connected and we've all have our own trauma. So we're all connected. And I think, you know, a lot of our youth could get a lot of uh, good out of what you just said about allowing yourself to feel the emotion so it doesn't build up inside and, and eat away at you. Oh, merci. You said it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Commissioner Audette, Michelle, for, for coming on my podcast. I mean, thank you for all the work that you've done long before the inquiry on Indigenous women's issues. And thank you for sticking through what was very difficult times in the inquiry to give us this report, uh, to give mm. us this really powerful tool that has literally captured the attention of the whole world. And I think, you know, we, we're all going to do our best to now support you all in, in keeping this national action plan in the foremost mind of everybody. Merci. Merci coming from you. I think I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> thank you so much and thank you for all the people that had the courage to shake this country that's awesome yeah. well i hope i can get you back on my podcast again sometime soon probably i'll practice my english oh, uh, merci merci beaucoup au revoir au revoir thank you all for tuning into my show I really hope you enjoyed listening to Commissioner Audette talk about the inquiry and how we can all take an active role in ensuring that Canada moves forward with a national action plan to address genocide against murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls. I will post links to the final report in the description box and I hope you really take up Michelle's call to action to read the report, get educated and push your MPs. If you like this episode, please consider supporting my podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing each episode. And make sure to leave me your show ideas or questions and feedback in the comment section. I'm currently hosted on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also follow me on Instagram as Pam underscore Palmeter as I talk about warrior living. You can subscribe to my videos on YouTube where I tackle the difficult political and legal issues facing Indigenous peoples. And I'm Pam Palmeter Media on Facebook. 
Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walalia. We'll